0: Welcome to Talking Book Publishing with Kathleen Kaiser, brought to you by Writers and Publishers Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to Talking Book Publishing. I'm your host, Kathleen Kaiser, and today, Adana Moriarty, our producer, is joining me as we talk with Julie D. Summers, author of this incredible new book called Off My Knees. From Skid Row to Sunset Boulevard. Welcome, Julie, and welcome, Adana.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here, Kathleen. And
0: Adana. yeah, me, me too. This is a a little bit different for me, so um, <laughs> I, I'm excited to do this, and I think it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. So, Julie, the, Julie's book uh, comes out on uh, actually the day this, uh, the day that we launched this, October thirteenth. And I am really looking forward because this is an incredible life story, and told with such honesty. And about her her journey through life, all of her many trials and tribulations, which we'll get into, but also how she finally pulled out of it in the end, and has created a very successful life for herself in her community. She lives in West Hollywood, and it became political, and then active as a homeless ap- a- activist. And I just want to ask my first question to Julie: Is how how did what inspired you to write this?
2: That's a very good question, Kathleen. It it just came to me. It's like sometimes I don't know if this has happened to you and to you, Adana, but you just get a feeling that there's something that you have to do with your life. And I felt inspired. If
1: you if you were inspired
2: to do it, when, when did you, how long did it take you
1: to, because this is a lot of self-reflection that went into this. I think you dug really deep. How, over what period of time did it take you to write the book? It's
2: taken me 11 years. You know how I started? This is kind of to, to answer the question maybe a little more, bit more in detail, but I started the book with, um, because after the, the death of my son, I was traumatized. And um, I, I started with writing the sayings that I woke up with each morning. And those are the sayings in the back of the book. That was actually what I started with. And I think from writing those, that was what made me come to the realization that writing the entire book was necessary. I'm curious though, because I mean, you know, you're, you're,
0: you're not a writer as a career or, you know, even really a hobby going into this project. Right. I mean, this was a totally new kind of adventure for you in writing. Correct. Um, So, I mean, when you, when you, when you decided, I'm going to write this book, did did you have to teach yourself how to write or did it just
2: come out of you? When I realized, Adana, that there were about 10 major things that had happened in my life and how I overcame them, that's how I started to write the book. I have the first draft and I have many drafts that were over the years, And but the book was fairly, the book was fairly, let me just put this in two parts. The book was fairly easy to write because I began at the beginning naturally with with my childhood, but I began with each step of each trauma, we'll call it, and the good parts too—the trauma and the good parts—and just moved in 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 a fashion after that. Then I did have help along the way. Um, there were there were people who guided me. And there were, I went to a local class with a woman on Laurel Canyon, and I Googled a lot. Um, And I found, I think what's important, if I can just say this out there, is that it's important. Okay, I already knew instinctively to carry one chapter into the next, but I learned to carry one paragraph into the next, and to interject color thoughts, or thoughts and feelings, and... um, and to describe the space that I was in. And I think when a person knows that, that after you spent 11 years doing some, excuse me, it's not funny, but when you spend, after I spent 11 years going over and over, it finally comes out. I mean, I think you've done
0: that very well. I mean, having read the book and enjoyed it, I the, the way that you wrote it, you definitely, it's like going through scenes. Some are longer, some are shorter. Um, I mean, to me, it kind of travels through your life, um, almost like a movie, like the way it's not a, it's not a super long book. And so, I mean, you crammed a lot into about 200 pages and, and I feel like that you did a really good job in it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Well, you'd have gotten some fabulous reviews and I, I think the one thing that I took away from, I had my feelings on the book. And then I was starting reading the reviews that you got. And it was like, you had the same sort of message that there's, there's redemption, there's hope. And uh, your, your work with the homeless now is that to try and help
2: inspire using yourself as a model to help them? No, my work with the homeless began because I wanted to give back to the community. And now my direct, well, of course, I, anytime a person can inspire and be a role model, I think that's one of the biggest attributes that we as human beings can achieve. But um, to answer more fully answer your question, I began that. But now that I've written the book, um, I want to go into another avenue of possibly helping women out of prison and jail. Oh, that's an excellent way
1: to go, you know, to tell them how to Sort of I I get they go to a halfway house or something and trying to help them along the way or while they're still in prison before they
2: transition out. I think one of the main things, Kathleen, is I want to listen to people. I want to I think by listening and having people tell their stories to me that that's very cathartic. I don't know how much advice I can give because the world's changed. Everything's very different. But I do know that I can listen. A lot of people don't have people to listen to them. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Which is why they end up in a lot of those situations
0: because, you know, right. I mean, it's right. hard and when you're alone, you know, you end up in bad places sometimes. Um I think that's great. Do you, do you feel like that like even through everything without like really giving the book away, but all these moments in your life that were really challenging Do you feel like that for you as a person, like you've, you've always wanted to be able to be in a place where, you know, you could help other people that were also struggling. I mean, is that.
2: no, this only happened when I got very old. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist that. No, I was just living my life, you know, but then when a person gets older, I I think the reflection comes and a person thinks, well what have I done? And I've been very fortunate in, in coming to a life that I could only have dreamed of. So when, when, with that realization, I want to give back. That's an excellent way to do it. It's, it's sort of,
1: I think it's called wisdom. As you get older, you're, you're, Young people aren't wise. Uh, They have experiences, but they don't know how to put them in and reflect on them. And even when you get into your 40s and 50s, you start being able to reflect back, usually because people have children and they can reflect back on them, that they look at it. But as you get a little bit old past that, you start looking around and going, I think that's why, you know, how can I help here? What can I do? You know, I, I know all this. How can I help somebody else? Is that how you
2: feel? That's exactly how
1: I feel. Thank you. Going back to like
0: the kind of process of writing the book. I mean, you said it took you 11 years. Um, was that because the material was difficult to kind of face and, and put on paper or just because like, you know, you had to fit it in between life?
2: No, that's, that's the question. That is the question, Adana, because... When I went back and re-examined my life and what I'd been through, what I had done and what I hadn't done, both good and bad, that introspection was the hardest thing. That and working on the computer, frankly, but the the introspection of of realizing what my life was. And that that happened during COVID. If it if it had not been for COVID, I don't know if I would have written the book because it took that much introspection.
1: Yeah, introspection is a hard one. It's that, you know, looking in the mirror and looking in your own eyes and talking to yourself, it's, a, it's sort of a reality check. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think memoir is hard for that reason. I mean, I've been working on a memoir, I <laughs> don't even know how long, I mean, you know, and I and I work on it, I get these bursts where I'm like, I'm gonna finish this. Um, and then I get to a hard moment and I'm like, I can't do this. And then it sits for years. Um, you know, I definitely don't have the discipline with it that I do with other types of writing, because, um, it's almost like hitting a roadblock with yourself where you're like, I'm not ready to deal with
1: that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of that face in the mirror. Am I going to really face this or not? I know I, I had that
2: problem for years, so it was, I just I, decided not to write it. It's true. And then I think it was only during my last five rewrites or something that I really got deep and I thought, okay, well, I do need to to tell the graphic sex scenes, which are extremely embarrassing to me as a person, frankly. I mean, I'm not that person. I'm very proper. So to go that deep in in that and also what I found very difficult was my realization of the harm that I'd done to people. That was very hard for me, very hard. Because as I said in the book, there's no way that I can go back and say I'm sorry. So I think realizing it, accepting it, saying you're sorry to the universe and getting past it is a real accomplishment, if I may say so.
1: I absolutely agree with you, because that is the hardest thing is how do you how do you say to I'm sorry to somebody that's not there now? Right. Right. Yeah. That's hard. So as anyone can tell, listening to this conversation, Julie has a lot of trauma, a lot of different things that happened in the book. Why don't you give us a little capsule version of what the story, some of the trials that you went through, Some that you failed and then you turn around and you came out of them again. That's the thing that I think I enjoyed the most out of the book is how much you struggled to get yourself back to proper, back to normal. Give
2: us an example of something. I did struggle, Kathleen, although I will mention that I had help. Um, After reading the, the, uh, the chapter on the Hells Angels and realizing how deep I'd gotten into that underworld And realizing that if I had not gone to jail and prison, I would have never gotten out of it. So I don't know if that's any, I mean, I didn't do that. That's what I think the universe and God helped me me get out of that one. There were different things for everything that I got out of. I know this is a simple one, but quitting smoking after 35 years, I got down on my hands and knees and prayed to God. That was so hard for me to do so hard, let alone the drugs and the meth and the Coke and the whatever. But I think quitting, quitting smoking is something that everyone can relate to. It's hard. And it took the help of God, frankly. Well, they say that, um, quitting
0: nicotine is actually harder than quitting things like heroin and stuff that, um, you have a better chance of kicking a heroin habit than you do of like quitting That's smoking.
2: What, it was very hard. And very hard. I, I've smoked since I've been 13. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, 35 years, three packs a day. And um, thank God I did, because otherwise I'd probably have cancer by now. But, and also I did it, I did it, that I did for, I prayed to God for help. But the reason I did it was because I loved the person who had who was helping me so much. So there, there are many factors. I, I don't think there's a simple answer. I would encourage people to read the book and find out the answers. Well, you
1: went through, because your story starts, you know, you were you grew up in Pennsylvania, then moved to Florida, and then end up out in L.A. And you've had some very successful businesses also. Uh, and finally, how... Where do you say after coming out of all of these traumas and problems and getting getting clean, getting straight again, how, what has kept you on the path now? What do you
2: think has really kept you going now? I think, Kathleen, that once a person sees clearly that the only thing to do is the right thing to do every day. I think we we as human beings know that innately and it's we we have choices and i think well just to to let you know one of my morning prayers is to to ask god to let me receive the information that i'm supposed to receive that day and to make the right choices on that information
1: and is has that's what kept you on the kept you going that was morning that type of
2: a ritual cuz sometimes people need a ritual to well, we all need rituals but i think the success uh, you know, we all need success, too. We can't keep getting knocked back down. That's that's one thing that I want to encourage people about is to get up after they're knocked back down. Because we we just have to put one foot in front of another. And if we only do one right or good thing or proper thing that we're supposed to do a day, well, that's a, a successful day. Just get up, get moving, and do the right thing. Man, it's so hard to do that
0: some days. (laughs) Uh, I struggle with any kind of morning, like ritual routine. So um, I, I think that they're definitely, if you can start your day, you know, and set yourself up, like you're going to have a better day all the time. Um,
2: so I, I have, a I question. Think, wait, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No. We, we can ask God for a good day. Did you know that? Okay. If you don't, I know I keep mentioning God. Okay. But we can ask our angels because we all have angels and we can ask our angels for a good day. And I find that by asking the day gets better. So there you go I, now. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your question. That's okay. So I have a question, like kind of going back to the book.
0: And I wonder, because you have so many different moments, kind of scenes in your life, like was there one that you really found joy in writing or like one, well, I probably know what the answer to this one is, one that was particularly hard. Um, but I, I'm curious because I feel like that your story, um, is really tough in places like, um, I mean, as a reader, like to read it, like there are moments where you're like, man, but then you come out of all of these situations over and over with growth. I mean, you know, you might backslide sometimes, but I feel like mm-hmm. each. We yeah, I mean, I feel like each one of these situations through your life, um, you know, like you come out of it like better and more self-aware and more like this isn't where I want to live. So I'm just kind of curious if there was one moment in your entire story that when you were writing it, you were like, man, I love this. I, I love writing this. This is so great.
2: Yes. The answer to that is my last three words in the book. I am free. Can
1: so it?
2: yeah, really. So, I mean, it's that,
0: that kind of final realization of like, I made it through all of this. I'm
2: free now. Yes. The, the, yes, exactly.
1: Well, how did you get involved? Uh, yeah, I know that uh, after one of your times, you got a job managing an apartment building there on Sunset and you started to get involved. Did you find getting involved in the community and getting sort of a semi support unit around you ended up really being helpful with that? Do you suggest people do
2: that? Oh, yes. Um, that it, The more... Okay, let me under let me see if I understand your question, Kathleen. Um, of course that helped me. That was, that was, nobody gave that to me. I did that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I think that's important for people to realize too. But we all like the letter from my father, we all need people. People are going to do for us and we're going to do for other people. So whatever community a person finds themselves in, um, that's their community. And Yes, of course. Join. Do you have tips for that? I mean, like,
0: could, could you, I mean, it's probably specific to your, you know, neighborhood or community, but I mean, do you have tips for people who, um, you know, might be struggling, but are looking for community? Like what are some things that they could do to try to go out there and join it?
2: I'd say be careful of the people you're around and be discerning. Um, look at everybody and look at their motivation and once once a person has the other person's motivation then it's go ahead so i don't think i understood your question exactly sorry that's okay um so i mean y- you you
0: started like kind of by joining some political networks and stuff like that to like you know get out of your house and get out into the community and and meet other community members like but how did you do that? I mean, did you just decide to go to like a meeting one day, or, you know, a town meeting
2: or something like that? Like how would people
0: go no, out? I
2: had, a, I had a neighbor who her name was Gerda Spiegler, Spiegler she pronounced it, and um she she had great influence on me. She um encouraged me to come with her to West Hollywood Democratic Club meetings and from there it just it just I went gangbusters. I do like politics. I think the more we read around about the world, uh, the better we can make other decisions. But a person could join a cooking class or a knitting class, or they could walk dogs. Um, I think that that I was fortunate in that that came to me. That came to me and I didn't have to look for it. But for other people, I'd say, uh, what's 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 coming into your um, range of vision? What What is being shown to you? And then, and then people can look at that and decide how they want to move forward.
0: So basically find things that they're interested in and kind of seek out clubs or groups or something. It's
2: important that we join.
0: Yeah.
1: I find working with nonprofits, you know, I like the arts. So nonprofit arts groups, theater groups, things like that. You find like-minded people, it's like with writers coming together, you know, all writers, we have the same thing. We write and we have things that we love. We have, uh, when we need our own community, especially since writing is such an isolated world, that you're getting out there and learning, meeting other people, learning things from people, um, building a network. If nothing else is support so that you can meet this person or meet that person or go out. I think it's one of the good things we do try with WPN is to introduce people to more people and give them resources to help them on their journey, because there's, there's so much out there. And it's like you said, you have to sort of see what the motivation is behind what some people are doing. But I agree with you, Kathleen, and thank you for the work that you do with that. Oh, thank you. It, but I this is sort of what I'm doing at this stage in my life is I'm this is how I try to give back.
2: Mm-hmm. And it, and it's in, each of us is an individual. And that's so. So to all you individuals out there listening, you're an individual. <laughs> <laughs> Find the things you love. What I mean, what what do you what are you what are you
1: curious about? You know, and if you're not curious, get curious about that. You know, why aren't you finding more things that are of, of interest to you? And I would suggest this is just me, but they're going to a bookstore, and even if it, you know, a big one like Barnes and Noble, you can wander through the, the decks. I'll never forget the story Ray Bradbury told told at a conference I was at about how he came up with Fahrenheit 451. He needed to write a book he was at the UCL library he had hawked his typewriter cuz his son had been born so he was paying a, a a nickel an hour to to type and he could he was just blank so he started wandering through the books and put, he said he would run his hands along them and then pull one out and look at him and suddenly it hit him it's like what if these weren't here exactly you know it's you can find inspiration you can find something that means something to you. You just have to go out and, and get out of the house a bit. I, and that's I just what I was going here.
2: to say. Get up and get out of the house. Just yeah. what I was going to say.
1: Yeah. We've gotten a little housebound with COVID, and I think we're slowly getting back out there.
0: Right. I, I'm naturally housebound prior <laughs> to COVID. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I mean, getting me to go to the grocery store once a week, like it's,
2: it's it's bad. You're on an expedition, right? Oh, and if I pull in and the parking
0: lot is crowded, I'm like, I don't need food. It's fine. I'll try again next week. Um, So I have a question for you, Julie. I mean, you, you've written a book. It comes out this week. Um, um, Are you excited about that? That's my first question in this.
2: I'm I'm not excited. I'm I'm grateful, and I want to let out a deep breath. And but I am anticipatory. It's a lot of work to get a book to actual release date. It felt so great to hold that book in my hands. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) It's one of the best feelings in the world, isn't it? It
2: really is. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. It's um i think now, now it's onward and upward and i encourage everybody to read that book
0: yeah i mean you know i when i released my book of poetry um i made a decision on its release day that the book was no longer mine like i got it to this point and now it was you know it's everybody else's like you know however they interpret it however they take it i wrote it but it's it's theirs now. And um,
2: I still believe that. Like that book is no longer mine. Um, it's That's extremely well said. And if I can also say that I am enjoying reading your book, Threadbare, by very much.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm glad that you've been enjoying it. Um, it seems to be what most people think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my follow-up question to that is, you know, now you've written a whole book, a book about yourself. Did you fall in love with writing in the process? Like, do you want to do more, you know, books like novels or more nonfiction? Or, I mean, is it something that you've thought about now that this one is about to become the world's and not yours anymore?
2: I do like the word, the, the phrase, turn a phrase, turn a word phrase. Um, that's very gratifying. But in all honesty, knowing what that book took out of me, um, I think that I would rather see what comes from it first before I think about writing another one.
0: That's a good answer. That's fair. Um, I'm always thinking about what my next project is. So I'm just always kind of curious, but I've also been thinking about writing projects since I was like eight years old. So it's just (laughs) part of who I am as a person.
1: Yeah. Well, Julie, also to all of you off my knees, from Skid Road to Sunset Boulevard, has one of the most outstanding eye-grabbing covers. And it's bright pink, and I'm not going to say much more, but I think it's It's going to stop you when you see it. Everybody will go, what? You know, they'll look at that cover. I think it's a fabulous cover. Uh, it's a great title, really great title of all the things that you've been through. Uh, did that did how did you come up with the title?
2: I went to Book Soup, my local bookstore, mm-hmm. and I showed the table of contents to two young women working there. They read the table of contents and they said, "Off my knees!" And then and I know, true story. And then the the uh, person that I was with, my uh, friend, she said, "Yeah, from Sunset." Uh, she said, "From Skid Row to Sunset Boulevard." That's how it happened, just that easy.
1: Wow. <laughs> I struggled with one of my titles. It was very hard to come up with but And I still don't think I got it right. (laughs) I mean, I I
0: struggled with my title, Um, my title, like it had a completely different one. And then a friend of mine who was workshopping some of the poems with me, um, she gave me the title and it was, I like, I never thought about it again. It fits so perfectly, Um, but it wasn't like, I didn't come up with it. I mean, it's one of the poems in there, but I never would have thought to make that the title. So I mean, you know, you never know (laughs) where it's going to come from.
1: That's part of the joy of having, you know, beta readers and and having a a support group of writers or critique group or something like that that you can get feedback because everybody because we all read something from our own point of view, so we each take something different or see something different, Mm -hmm. and um, I think that, that. That sort of objectivity really helps because if you have two different people don't know each other tell you very similar things, you're you're hitting a note out there you might not been aware of, but you're hitting a note and you should follow that because you do want something that's going to hit people. I think off my knees is just a great title. So yeah,
0: me too. Um
1: I just I just have to make a comment on
0: the cover, um, because I think Julie will like this. Um, so one of our ebook promoters that we use um often told me that your cover was perfect oh thank you and they i mean you know they they send out to
2: Let, let's give credit here to the person who did the cover his name name is eric Le- uh oh boy i need to know how to spell it Leibwitz l-i-e-b uh Leber or something i thought I'm, you know what i'm gonna look it up here real quick <laughs> um, because well, we can I, also we can also
0: put it in the show notes. You can email it to me, and um, I'll put it in the show notes. That yeah, I just
2: you know, I just got lucky with it. Yeah, I, I She did a really thank, wonderful job. But I go back to thank you to Kathleen because she didn't like the cover that I that I thought would be right for the book. But my cover did not. It was too dark, and it did not say what I wanted to say. So Kathleen had to fight with me to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, to get me to be to be open to a new cover, and I go back to I got lucky with with the person that designed the cover.
1: Yeah, well, that's all Ho- Jose Ramirez too. He's oh, he was a
2: big oh, Jose, Jose Jose with Pedernal, Pedernales Publishing in New Mexico is gold. Text. I could not have I could not have done I could not have gotten the book published without him. He. Not only was easy to work with, but he caught things that were major. So big, yeah. big shout out to him. He He's really great. And
0: for new listeners, um, one of our very first in season one um, podcast was with Jose. So if you if you want to go back and listen to, um, you know, kind of what he has to say about the publishing world, it is back there in season one. Um, yes.
2: Yeah, so let me just mention Eric's name now. Um, it's Eric, L-A-B-A-C-Z at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, he's really great. Um, and, and he was for me as your web designer, um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was really easy to work with. I mean, I asked him for something and he got it to me right away. I mean, um, you know, it, it was really great. Like he was easy to work with. So yeah. Um, I think my my last kind of curiosity is if, if somebody else was setting out on this kind of um, venture of writing a memoir, do you have any advice for them um, on, on how to approach it or make it easier for them um, to, to get through, especially the hard moments, like when you kind of get up to them and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I want to write about that.
2: That's what makes the book good. So write about that. Write about the deep moments that hurt. That's great. I
1: think that's a great piece of advice that we can end this on because if you're not going to as uh, what was it Hemingway said slit your wrist open and bleed onto the pages you're you're not going to have a story it's going to be surface and what makes your book great Julie is the depth that you went to and explaining the pain and everything that you went through and such I think really brutal honesty and it's it's very refreshing to read someone who can be that honest. Thank you. I admire that. Thank you very much.
0: I I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, like that it's, there are moments throughout Julie's story that are really hard, but I really want people out there to know that um, there are also these really you know, big moments that feel really hopeful. Um, and for me, that's the takeaway from Julie's entire story is like, you know, we can go through trauma. We can have really big, hard challenges. Um, and yet, um, if we don't give into them, we can walk away from it. And, um, you know, it might take us years to be okay, but that's my takeaway from Julie's story. is It's a really beautiful story of resilience. I think.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. Resilience and hope. Resilience
0: and, and
2: hope. hope.
0: So, yeah. I just don't want our listeners to be like, "Oh, that sounds like a bummer book." <laughs>
2: so, no, I really it's want. A, it's not a misery memoir.
0: <laughs> no, I really want people to know that um, you know it is there there, you know, it really is about resilience and hope more than like all of this stuff happened to me and, uh, ugh, you know, I mean, it's like these things happen and how do we get past them and grow and learn and, you know, be better on the other side. So.
2: Exactly. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, and to turn into a very successful businesswoman that you are now, I Thank mean, you, you have, you are, you're a, a living model of what having gone through this and this and this and this, because I, you hit almost every trauma someone can have, you know, including death, you know, of a loved one that you still came out of it and you still kept
2: looking forward. I think the end sentence I would put is I love my life. That's okay. fabulous.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, Because I think a lot of people, they get stuck in their trauma. They get stuck in any one of those things that, um, I mean, specific to you, Julie, that have happened to you through your life. I mean, you know, some people can't get past those things and they get stuck there. Um, And so, I mean, to me, stories like yours are important for, you know, because that voice is needed to remind people you don't have to be stuck here.
1: That's thank you, Adana. Thank you that was well said. But that's what you've done Julie you you're you're a living breathing model of that type of you don't have to you're not stuck and you're not branded by what you've gone through you can evolve out of it. Yeah. Oh, I like that too Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should we should write some of this down and exactly. use it for marketing.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well I think I think um that's a good place to wrap up. Anybody who has is interested. Um, Julie's website is offmykneesthebook.com. Um, you can go there and learn all kinds of things. There's a sample of the book on there. Um, her reviews, all kinds of stuff. The book is released October 13th from October 14th for the first five days of that. The ebook will be free. So you can download that and, you know, leave reviews because that's how writers get the word out is reviews. You can leave them on Amazon and Goodreads and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to um, see what your book does out there in the world. Me too. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Julie, for joining us. And, um, And everyone just, you know, take a chance, uh, download the book, or if you want, buy it. You're going to love the cover. But the story inside is really revealing and has a lot of, of such positive things about life. No matter how much you may have gotten knocked down, you can still turn around and come back. And I think that is the resilience, as Adana said, is so important. So thank you, Julie D. Summers. Thank you for having me.
0: Talking Book Publishing is brought to you by Writers and Publishers Network. It's a resource for writers and indie publishers at every level and offers tools to be successful in their writing career. Writersandpublishersnetwork.com Don't miss our after-hour segment, Conversations with the Producer, a segment where our producer, Adana Moriarty, talks with our guests and lets the conversation mosey wherever it moseys to.